the Tom Sumner Program. Old Fashioned Radio for a New Generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Tom, easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm alright, Tom. How are you? Lucky day, Mr. Sumner. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. What's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program, old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our fellow Americans. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans. And soon, they will be available to everyone. The science is clear. These vaccines will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. They could save your life. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. That's the first step to ending the pandemic and moving our country forward. It's up to you. The Tom Sumner Program is made possible with support from Seth David Radwell, a recent guest on the program and author of American Schism, How the Two Enlightenments Hold a Secret to Healing Our Nation, released in July 2021. As Publishers Weekly writes in its recent glowing review of American Schism, business executive Radwell's epic debut examines the historical influences that have led to what he sees as the collapse of politics in the United States. Seth Radwell makes the case that the current chasm between the American right and left can be traced back to the 18th century's Age of Enlightenment and the basic tenets of liberty, equality, and reason. American Schism provides a historical perspective that can help bridge current day divides. American Schism by Seth David Radwell is available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and wherever books are sold. For more information, go to americanschismbook.com. Hi, this is Gretchen Whitmer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We're rolling into the second hour of our three-hour tour known as the Tom Sumner Program. I guess this hour is uh, a young actor that's putting it mildly. Owen Atlas uh, is 12 years old, and he will be appearing in the uh, premiere of a new uh, film called The Starling on Netflix tonight. Um He'll be appearing alongside Kevin Klein and Melissa McCarthy. He lives in uh, Las Vegas, and I had a chat with him a couple days ago, and we have that uh, that interview coming up in well, just just about five minutes or so. Um, and whenever we have an extra few minutes, I always try and squeeze in a little bit of local music. So here's something that uh, um, was uh, written and, and uh, performed and produced by Howard Eddy Jr., who at our theme music um, or let us use some of his music as our theme and uh, it's called It's Not Too Late for Love with kid vocals by his kids the Eddie Brothers so we'll uh, hear a little music and then uh, it's off to Vegas and Hollywood with 12 year old actor Owen Atlas <laughs>
Welcome back, everybody. This is the Tom Sumner Program, and uh, we've got a really interesting guest on today, and and one of the younger guests that I've had on the show, but uh, he has accomplished a great deal, including terrifying me in uh, the movie Little Evil, which uh, is is kind of appropriate to uh, talk to my guest today um, with uh, Halloween right around the corner, but... uh, Owen Atlas joins me by phone, and he returns in a new movie that's uh, airing Friday the 24th on Netflix called The Starling. But uh, Owen joins me by phone. Hi, Owen. Welcome to the show. Hello. How are you doing? I'm doing great. You know, I wanted to say, you know, I was trying to come up with this real clever intro about, you know, how scary you were in in Little Evil and you're back in, you know, the the Starling. But it's like you never went anywhere. You're always doing stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, A lot of my acting coaches like to joke around and say that I'm one of the most auditioned kids in Hollywood. Um, And I get a lot of the things that I actually try out for it and in Little Evil it's really fun to be scary but then in The Starling it's also uh, fun to have drama and also comedy so I like to go for a lot of different uh, genres too. Well and you've got all kinds of fun little clips on on YouTube if people want to take a look and, and check you out a little bit but if you don't mind my asking Owen how old are you? 
I am 12 years old. And when did you first start working? I started working in acting at seven years old and also booked a little league ball at seven years old. Also did what at seven? I booked Little Evil, my first film. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and now you're doing lots of auditions. Um, are you, I don't know, are, are people asking you to come in and do scary stuff because of Little Evil? They are, actually. I've auditioned for a lot of scary um, movies and TV series because they really love my acting in Little Evil because most of the film I don't talk, so I really have to show my emotions through my eyes, my facial features, and my body language. So, yes. Is that um, is that tough to do, to, to um, actually figure out how you want to use your face to portray certain emotions and, and knowing whether or not you've nailed it? At first, it was a little bit, I guess I would say difficult, but because I I loved uh, scary movies when I was really little, and um, I love to watch them, and now I get to watch a lot more. Oh, and when so, do you think of yourself as really little? Like six? Five? around oh that's funny i remember when my daughters were really young single digit age and they saw stephen king's it the the first one and i i thought it was a clown movie i you know i thought it'd be good for kids turns out not so much they hate clowns now right what about when you have acted in a film and i want to talk about the starling because that's that's premiering that's that's like your latest project but right in in little evil after you've done a film like that when you go back and watch it do you feel the same kind of emotions that other people watching it do or are you just captivated by your own performances and and what you did and what you might have done differently and and looking at it from a pro- professional point of view that's a good question. So when I see myself in Little Evil, I see, I think of the feelings that I was like going through in the film. I, I think I have the same view as the audience, but I also have a little bit more intel on it because I'm a professional actor and I got to actually be on the set. So then I have a little bit more of a, um, I guess you could call it a view on it, um, see myself like acting through it. Do you have to t- do you have to tell yourself, oh, that's not real? <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit creepy with the scenes on set, but it, it was awesome. They always comforted me, and it was really cool. Now, what was it? What was it like on set? Because you know they don't always build anything that the camera can't see. So, did you have to really imagine? the environment that you were in or I, I, I went to see uh, um, at a museum recently a, a uh, an exhibit on the original Star Trek series and they had the original bridge from the, the Enterprise set up and it all when I looked at it close it all looked like cardboard and duct tape and stuff um, is it like that when you're acting in a film 
Do you see the environment you're in much, much differently than the camera does? I do because, first of all, uh, one of my graveyard scenes, I, I was filming in a real graveyard um, at nighttime and at a really scary church in um, one. So I got oh, to yikes. see the actual surroundings and be there. So <laughs> it was a little bit creepy sometimes, especially in the graveyard at night. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would think. Oh, yeah. But because I knew that I was comforted and I knew that there were a lot of people that I could get up to on set, um, it felt a little bit easier for me. And also there was like, um, I don't know if you know, like the, all the things we've heard about, like black cats and stuff, but on set there's a few like black cats just roaming around in the church, um, stray ones uh, to be specific, but... So it was a little bit creepy because everything put together and we were filming a scary movie. More with young actor Owen Atlas, straight ahead. Everybody's doing a brand new dance now. Hi, this is Mark Farner and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination, a COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can. Keep wearing masks correctly and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19 and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. The Tom Sumner Program plays host to the best political roundtable on radio every Wednesday from 10 a.m. to noon. Armchair Politics features great commentary and analysis about the headlines from local, state, and national politics with an alumni of world-class pundits, plus quotes, tweets, and those weird and wacky stories we call The X-Files. If it's Wednesday, catch Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, 
where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond. Where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air. Where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums. Where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses. And where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County. Where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner Program is provided by Swiftlet Technology, engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. I know of a place where you never get harmed, a magical place with magical charms, indoors, indoors, indoors. Take it away. Hi, this is Deb Cherry, Genesee County Treasurer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Radio Show. More with young actor Owen Atlas straight ahead. How much different is is your role in this this new project, The Starling, than the role you played in Little Evil? It is very, very different because in Little Evil, I was Little Evil. I was a little bit evil. And uh, there was a lot of backstory to me being evil. Uh, but in The Starling, I, my character, Howie, um, is very, very sweet. And I have to take in my dog to get checked. Um, and I don't really want to spoil the movie for people who haven't seen it. But I'm a very sweet person. And to me, like, it's really different. Now, I'm reading some press about the movie, and I've tried to see a couple of clips, and all I've been able to see so far is just trailers, which focus, uh, as you might expect, on Kevin Klein and, and Melissa McCarthy, because they're right. huge draws to the to the film, The Starling. Um, but, right. but, Owen, um, I, I couldn't help wondering, do you have... A lot of scenes, do you interact with uh, Melissa McCarthy and, and Kevin Klein and others in the film? And and what's that like? Are these people you've seen in other things, and, and do they seem different to you when you're working alongside them? So all of my scenes were with uh, Kevin Klein um, when my dog was sick and I had to um, take it in. And he was really, really nice. Every single word he said, I really took in because he spoke with such wise, like, feelings and emotions, I guess you could say. Um, and Offset, like, everybody was so nice, especially Kevin Klein. And I got to meet Melissa McCarthy, too. Uh, she was very nice. And um, I watched a movie about her uh, being a spy, and she was also nice in that. And then I was really happy to see that uh, everybody that you see in movies, you hope that they're nice and then... She was actually really nice, too, so I was happy about that. Yeah, that's great, because she's not always so nice on camera. <laughs> she usually plays somebody that's that's kind of nasty to get along with. <laughs> yeah, true. She's really funny when she does that on the TV shows and movies. <laughs> Well, she's she's all like you, all over the place. Um, I, I've just been watching her in uh, 
Oh, the the Hulu series. Um, I think it's Hulu. Uh, oh yeah, the nine different people uh, or something. Yeah, the nine different changers. Me too. I I love that. I watched a few episodes of that. <laughs> now, when you get asked to audition for something, are you just sent a scene and told to come in and just do that scene, or do you get to read the whole script and and decide if it's something you want to audition for? So uh, they give me usually a few scenes to um, perform, but sometimes they attach the full script for me to read to get to know my character and other characters around me and our bonds so I know how to play that character and how to actually be that character. So, but um, if the script that I am performing or the whole entire movie is a little bit maybe not to my age, my mom uh, turned some of them down. Um, so she looks at them mostly sometimes before I do. Uh, so I feel like that's a very good um, process of getting the auditions and looking at them. Now, I, it was, I was reading something about you, Owen, and, and this is just fascinating to me because you're, you're still very young and accomplishing so much. You are an award-winning black belt martial artist as well as a master swordsman and stunt kid yes i am <laughs> um, what do you have to be to be a stunt kid owen you just willing to let people knock you down and stuff well you have to be determined uh and also on set there's always a lot of safety uh but i i've been training with um mike chat in which is uh he's now a master he has been my mentor in xma which is uh extreme martial arts so it's flipping and also a mixture with Taekwondo uh, martial arts. So you have to be able to make big falls, but in a small fall, if that makes sense. You have to make things that are small and really big, and you have to do a lot of training for stunts, which um, just recently I filmed a show on Netflix called I Think You Should Leave with Tim Robinson. Uh, Tim Robinson, yes. Um, yeah, you did stunts in that. Oh, yeah, I got my uh, first actual stunt credit, although I have done stunts in Little Evil and other ones, but that was my first actual stunt credit on IMDb. Now, how does that come about? Did you want to do stunts, or did someone ask you to, to do stunts for a role you were doing, and, and then you got the bug? Because I wanted, to, I wanted to do the stunts, because to me it looks really, really cool, and I... Um, I've done wire work before, as uh, you can see on, like, my demo reels, but um, I've done uh, wire work, but also I really like Tom Cruise, and I know that he does his own stunts, so that really put me into, a, like, a, a form for me to, I guess, keep doing. Yeah, but aren't you taller than to Tom Cruise? I'm kidding. Wait. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm kidding. And if Tom's oh. listening, sorry, I couldn't help it. Um, <laughs> but in but in all seriousness, I was looking through some snippets of you on on YouTube, and and again for people who maybe don't recognize Owen Atlas by name, you will certainly recognize his face. You have seen him. But the um, did I see, a, I didn't get a chance to watch it, but it looked like it was a YouTube clip of you playing bass guitar. 
Okay, uh, so yes, I do play uh, guitar. I love to play specifically uh, acoustic, and I love to sing with my guitar. I've been actually doing it since I was, let's see, uh, one, two, maybe, yeah, eight years old. Um, I've been training with my guitar. I, I love to play CCR, uh, Creedence Clearwater oh, yeah. Bible, because uh, my, my grandpa used to be really affili- affiliated with the, a lot of bands, and also the Beatles. I love to do some songs by them. And just recently, I started playing trumpet uh, in my school band uh, for, well, two years now, but, yeah. How do you find the time to do all of the things that you're involved in, Owen? I mean, you're you're 12 years old. Have you never slept? (laughs) Well, I love the art, so acting is really a thing of me that, I don't look at it as like a hard time. I like to put in my effort, but also it's like a like a getaway to me if that makes sense. It's like a really good thing for me, and also um, I love to play guitar. So then that's also a really good thing for me. And then my my schedule isn't always working working all the time, although it is a big part of it. But I can fit these things in by saying, you know what, I'm going to do this at this time, this there, and then there. And I also love to van. Um, to go on vacations. Oh, and... (laughs) Go ahead. Oh, yeah. So, I don't sleep because I'm a vampire. (laughs) (laughs) No. But, yeah. That's funny. Um, But, but getting back to this idea, how do you fit... How do you manage to fit school in? Do you just go to school every day like like a regular kid? Or do you have a tutor? So, yes, I do go to school every single day um, like a normal kid, and it's a, it's a private school. So they, um, they really are supportive of me acting, though. So whenever I go to set or uh, for a pilot or episodic season, they give me, um, like, a certain amount of work, um, and I do it with a tutor on set for uh, three hours, uh, which is exactly the perfect amount of work that they give me. So they really like that I act, so they make sure to move around with their schedule for me. Now, what are your parents like about all of this work that you're doing? Are they are they encouraging? Are they stage parents? Um, because I I can't help wondering where you get this amazing discipline from. Right. So, my parents love what I do. Um, I've been telling like my mom and dad uh, that since I was really little, I wanted to be an actor. Um, and also, I wanted to work with Johnny Depp, <laughs> actually, why, why I uh, started using S.W.O.R.D. and training with S.W.O.R.D., um, because uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, which was one of my favorite uh, films, still is now. Um, but yeah, that's, you know, I, they, they really like what I do. They're also supportive, kind of like my school. And then my mom, she's like my, um, I guess you could call her like a momager. So she really, she takes me to L.A. if I need to, um, uh, takes me to the city, just anywhere that I need to do. She really accompanies me, and she's also my stylist, and she, she takes me everywhere. Well, and you say go to L.A. when you have uh, work and, and projects and so on that you need to go there for. You live in Las Vegas, is that right? So, yes, we, I live in Las Vegas. But I also go to um, L.A. a lot. Um, 
And then in the summers, I live in England. Well, yeah. that's fun. How 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 does that come about? Well, so my mom um, like helps me. So we fly out to LA or just drive because it's a very short drive. Um, but I've made that drive, because, by the way, Owen. I've I've driven like, from LA to Vegas and back. Wow, that's good. Yeah, it's not that long. I mean, we could do it a uh, a lot actually, and. So she drives me, and then we go there, um, do what needs to get done. <laughs> and, like, we live in L.A. for, like, part-time pretty much. Uh, so episodic season, pilot season, and a little bit more. But what's the connection with England? So I have family in England and also all, all throughout the U.K. And um, in Wales, my uh, grandpa... Um, Went on the Queen Mary to um, California, and also, let's see, uh, so he used to live um, in Wales, and then in Ely, which uh, there's that Ely, England that we like to live in, too. Well, that's that's fun. Um, yeah, my family's from Wales, and then, actually, there's a lot still living there. Well, that's, that's really fun. Um now, living in Las Vegas, no uh, no desire to become a blackjack dealer? <laughs> nope. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> um, yeah. But but I would think that there are aspects of show business that might be a little tempting in Vegas. Um, how did you decide that you really wanted to be an actor above all else? Well, when I was younger, I did many plays at my <laughs> preschool, um, and it was really funny. I was one of the kids that could actually, like, memorize lines in uh, big amounts when I was little, and then I saw uh, Johnny Depp as Captain Jack Sparrow in Pirates of the Caribbean, and I just went, oh my gosh, I wish I could do this, and at a very young age, maybe like four or five, I didn't fully understand what this was. Like, I knew it was acting, but I couldn't quite put it together. So when I could really tell what it was, maybe six um, or maybe seven, like I, I was like, you know what? I want to be an actor. That's what I want to do. And I'm going to push my hardest and I'm going to get it done. I'm going to do it. Now, when I was when I was young, and, and this was a very long time ago, Owen, um, I, I wanted to be a musician. But I was always encouraged to study something else to have to fall back on and and as it turned out every time i tried something else i ended up falling back on music <laughs> but but do you have people around you that say you know acting is great but a lot of times especially people who have success early when they're young like you they reach a certain age and then all of a sudden something about the cuteness changes and you know it it gets rough do you have people around you saying you know you have to prepare that this might not last forever yes and no so my parents really support me with it and my mom said that if i if i act i need to go to university um to college and i really want to go to usc film school um specifically but nobody's told me that I mean, she's told me that I need to prepare just in case I um, don't like it anymore, which I'll always love it. 
and she knows that I will too. And but yeah, she said pretty much if I if I act, then I'll go to university and stop for a while. And I would like to go to USC film school to make like student films and then a lot of that type of stuff. And you've done um, you've done voiceover work too. What kind of things have you done uh, um, voiceover wise? So I've done quite a few. I've um, taken a lot of voiceover classes, but I've done um, one called the Magic Tablet. Uh, I've done, uh, but in, it was a French one, so it's called Le Tablet. Um, and then also, um, let's see, I did uh, Kid Stuff series. Um, that one was fun. I've done, let's see, and then, hmm, I've done a ton of voiceover classes, though. Um, but I've done, uh, lots of works, and there's a lot more to come out. <laughs> now, you have already in your few short years, and I'm sure it seems longer to you, Owen, but you have acted alongside some really big names in show business. I mean, we've already talked about Kevin Klein and Melissa oh, yeah. McCarthy, but there's, uh, you know Sally Field and and oh, yeah. you know the the list goes on and on and on. Do you have any favorites? Well, it's really hard to say because everybody I I work with so far has been so nice, and I'm man, they were so they were so good. I mean, like um, in Little Evil, Donald Faison, he was super funny. He would tell jokes like on <laughs> set, and then we drove in like the same. Um, uh, 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 sorry, like the same car, so like you tell jokes on the way to set. Um, so that was really funny. And then um, my birthday was right around the time um, that I was filming Little Evil. So then Adam Scott saw my backpack and it was Star Wars, and so he bought me a Star Wars, um, like a like a Star Wars toy, which I always I still keep it um, on my shelf. So I was really happy about that. Um, Clancy Brown, who was the voiceover actor for Mr. Krabs. <laughs> super funny too. He would do the Mr. Krabs uh, voice on set. <laughs> which I love SpongeBob. Um, and oh my gosh, everybody I've met so far has been so nice. Sally Field too. She actually played a bad guy in the movie Little Evil, which that's unusual for her because like flying uh, the flying nun. But yeah, she was a great mentor. And um, yeah, are you are you starstruck when you see these people at all or? Are they just, you know, once once you get in that environment, they're just colleagues? So, at the beginning, I kind of, I'm a little bit starstruck, but I also know, you know what, like, this is my work, this is what I do, uh, this is going to happen a lot. And with Melissa McCarthy, like, I knew her already, so I was like, whoa, like, I'm actually going to work on this with Melissa McCarthy. So, that was also awesome uh, for me, too. I was a little bit starstruck. Yeah, I would think, because she is everywhere these days. Oh, yeah. So, um, you've got The Starling, which premieres uh, this week on um, Netflix. Right. And then you have another project coming up, um, Breathing Happy. I do, yes. So, uh, that's directed by Shane Brady, who's been like... um, a mentor to me and a coach and everything. And um, I got to work with him in the movie and John D'Aquino, also my mentor and coach. 
Um, and that one was a big one for me because I, I'm the main character as a child, and I had a great portion of that. Um, I got to work with a lot of stars, um, including, like, you know, Caitlin uh, Nikon from The Walking Dead. Um, wow. And then there's some stars I'm not going to say, but I will say there was a, um, a hockey professional. And also, it's a, it's a drama, so I got to work on the drama. And I, I like dramedy and drama. and I got to cry in that one, which I've, I haven't really cried, cried in the film before, so that was really good for me to... Um, Crying on I know. It's how do you how cry, do you do that? How do you how do you cry on demand? I've always been fascinated by that. Well, I think of things that have gone um, that have happened in my life, um, like uh, my grandpa, my papa, um, the one I was talking about from Wales, and yeah. I he um, he he died, and then we got the call like really really early in the morning. But I think about time that I was just crying so much there and then also when my snake died um I, I had a really great connection to her uh but I cried and I was really really sad about that so then I just remember those times and take from it and then I put it into my acting think about those scenarios scenarios well you're amazing at such a young age Owen and and I, you're obviously headed for a great deal of success. You're very talented, and as it turns out, I was I was a little nervous about talking with you today because I had seen scenes from Little Evil, and it turns out you're not really creepy at all. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm teasing you there a little bit, but for okay. Thank for, you. for people who are are listening, Owen. Um, and they want to know more about you and your work, uh, past, present, and future. Do you have a website? I do. It's owenatlas.com, O-W-E-N-A-T-L-A-S dot C-O-M. And then also uh, my social media platforms, uh, Instagram, I, it is owen.atlas, all lowercase. Uh, my TikTok is owensatlas all lowercase, and my Facebook is uh, Owen Atlas Actor, uh, with all the beginning of the words capitalized. Now, are you on uh, on social media, like, all the time, like a lot of young people? I am, actually, yes. Like, my YouTube, oh, I forgot to mention that, Owen Atlas, but uh, my mom helps, like, manage them, and, uh, but I like to do a lot of the live streams and interact with my fans. Um, and I try and answer all of their uh, questions and put out good vibes. But, yes, it's uh, it's my prof- uh, my professional Instagrams that I use. I only have professional ones. <laughs> well, Owen, you are an amazing young man, and I appreciate you spending this time to talk with me and the listeners today. And you obviously have a very bright future ahead of you. Good luck with uh, all that you're doing and and are going to be doing. Thank you very much. I had a really fun with this interview. Thank you very much, sir. All right. Take care, Owen. Thank you. Bye. Bye. That was um, Owen Atlas. He's he's. T-
12 years old and he's he's already more accomplished than most actors uh, get to be in a lifetime um he's going to be appearing in uh, the starling which uh also he's going to be acting alongside people like kevin klein and melissa mccarthy um and that that uh debuts this week uh or premieres rather this week on netflix uh on september 24th friday night on uh, on netflix and with that we're going to take a uh, break and we'll have more of the tom sumner program straight ahead <music> Tom Sumner Program.com The Tom Sumner Program.com From the Tom Sumner Show Oh yeah Hello there, citizens. Darkwing Duck here, and every time I'm in Flint fighting crime, I always stop by the Tom Sumner program. Don't forget, stay dangerous. Darkwing Duck up. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination? A COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine, and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can, keep wearing masks correctly, and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19, and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. The Tom Sumner Program has hosted live candidate forums for local, state, and national offices at bars, restaurants, coffee shops, and colleges. Armchair Politics has gone to Lansing, Frankenmuth, Birch Run, and Hell. Hell, Michigan, that is. We've done shows all the way to the Mighty Mac and back to the bricks. We've done remotes from a baseball stadium in Lansing, a grocery store opening in Flint, and from a moving train. We'd like you to tell us where to go next. You can write to us at TomSumnerProgram.com, call us at 810-339-8255, or contact us on Facebook. This is your chance to tell the Tom Sumner Program where to go. Objection. I object. I object to that, Your Honor. Oh, hi, Mom. What's up? Dana, what are you doing? Oh, you know, just um, Attorney General stuff. Listen, I have a legal question. What is it, Mom? I just got a call from the water company. Apparently, your father has not been paying the bill. I guess 
They're going to turn the water off because we owe more than a thousand dollars now. Can you believe it? Actually, I can't. So listen, we just have to send them two hundred dollars in edible arrangements gift cards, and that will keep the water on. Now, here's the legal question: What is the website for edible arrangements? Mom, it's an imposter scam. Imposter scam is that dot com or dot edu? No, the call was a scam. Scammers will pretend to be a government agency or a utility company or someone else you might do business with. A big red flag is if they tell you that you can pay them using gift cards. So, when in doubt, ask for the information to be sent to you in writing, and never give a caller or someone you don't know your personal information or your money. If you do suspect an imposter scam, report it to my office at mi.gov/agcomplaints. Okay, all right. And Dina, where do I file a complaint that my daughter hasn't visited in over a month? Does your office have a website for that? Okay, mom, I'm hanging up now. I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Visit mi.gov/agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection. This is U.S. Senator Gary Peters, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. All of us remember with great fondness the adorable antics of the most fabulous child star of them all, Baby Jose. <laughs> Many people ask, "Whatever happened to Baby Jose?" <laughs> well, folks. He's here today, one of the few performers who has made the difficult transition from child star to that of a mature leading man. I can't tell you how pleased I am to meet you, sir. See the man. <laughs> He is a nice man. He is pleased to meet me. Hello, man. Hello. That's very、uh, cute, Mr. Amash. I wonder. I, I, I wonder. I have a doggy. His name is Spot. Run, Spot, run. See Spot, run. That's adorable, Mr. Jimenez. But、uh, can't you act your age? Sure. Just how old are you? Three hundred and sixty months. <laughs> All right. Then would you mind talking your age? Okay. I am old. See my wrinkles. <laughs> Watch my tooth. <laughs> I guess most people remember you best from all those wonderful musicals you did as a child. Yes, yes. Do you remember any of those wonderful songs you sang? Oh yes, I remember all of those wonderful songs that I sang. I wonder, I wonder if you could sing a little of the most famous one of them all. Oh, you must mean "Life Is a Hot Fudge Sunday." <laughs> yes,、oh. yes. It would be a thrill to hear that again. Well, it would be a thrill for me to do that. Sunday with the bright red cherry on top. It's a chocolate cream with thick whipped cream. It's very good to the last drop. So when you are having troubles and the whole world begins to droop, give those worries a nudge with good hot fudge on a big double ice cream scoop. Yes, life is a hot fudge Sunday, and if you think of it. If life is a hot fudge Sunday, then death is a banana split. <laughs>、um. 
watching television from three to five, you're almost forced to watch children's shows because that is all that's on at those hours. And there's a very good reason for this. No matter where you turn on the dial, you're always going to find a kiddie show. And that is because the station makes such a killing on the kiddie show, they literally have to put it on. And it's a very low-cost show to put on. First of all, they need an announcer who preferably is not too bright to begin with, you see? <laughs> In fact, the closer his mental age to the kids, <laughs> usually the better the show. See? Uh, they need an oversized clown costume or Buster Brown suit for him to wear. Uh, they need some bleachers for the kids to sit in, a studio audience, and a cartoon machine. And with these four basic ingredients, you can present any children's show. This is my sort of a stereotype of all kiddie shows, uh, the Uncle Freddy show, and they always start out the same. They start out with a slide, and then out this idiot walks in this clown costume, <laughs> and a little hat on top of his head. If he were anywhere else, they would... <laughs> put him away for a couple of years, you know. First of all, he, he talks to the kids before the show goes on the air. Uh, boys and girls, we're going to go on the air in just a minute. And uh, one thing I have to tell you... Be <laughs> <laughs> During the cartoon, you boys and girls can't talk in the studio because that goes out over the air, see? And we've instructed our announcers, if you boys and girls talk... During the cartoon, they're instructed to belt you right in the mouth. <laughs> so let's get the, okay, boys and girls, we're gonna get ready for the show. And there's the announcer man, and he's gonna talk in that mic. And now I'll come back and, and talk to you, boys and girls. Hi, hi, hi. <laughs> well, hi, boys and boys and girls. Let's ask the boys and girls in our studio what we always do on Thursday, boys and girls. What we always do on Thursday, boys and girls. What the hell do we always do on Thursday, boys and girls? Thursday is mailbag day, boys and girls. Don't you remember that? <laughs> Haven't you boys and girls ever seen the show before? That's right, Thursday is mailbag day, boys and girls. Let's get right into our mailbag. Oh, uh, two announcements I have to make, boys and girls, before I get into the mailbag. Um... <laughs> Come on now, boys and girls. Let's settle down now, huh, boys and girls. That isn't nice to laugh at Uncle Freddy like that. You don't laugh at your mommies and daddies. You do laugh at your mommies and daddies. Two announcements I have to make, boys and girls. As you know, we usually show the Three Stooges cartoons on Thursday. But uh, as I mentioned last week, they've been holding Uncle Freddy up on price. And uh, Uncle Freddy has decided not to buy that show. I have bought a new cartoon show, which isn't quite as expensive. I think you boys and girls will enjoy very much. Call the Army Training Films. The title of our cartoon today, boys and girls, is Frostbite, so you want to be sure and watch that. <laughs> oh, uh, one other announcement, boys and girls. Today, we're adding the name of a new sponsor to our blacklist. <laughs> we're adding the name of Pops, new breakfast cereal. 
And, of course, all the members, uh, boys and girls in good standing in the Uncle Freddy Club, that, of course, means you can't have pops for breakfast in the morning <laughs> or uh, play with any little boys and girls who do eat pops. <laughs> well, let's, let's move on now into our mailbag, uh, boys and girls. Um, here's the first letter. Uh, comes to us from Arnie Peterson... And it's written in crayon. <laughs> we've, uh, we've asked you boys and girls to please be careful in Prinny's letter because Uncle Freddy can't always make out all your words. <laughs> and it's uh, written on a bag also. <laughs> anyway, this, this one says... Dear Uncle Freddy, the, the parf, part, we're, uh, we're going to start printing these from now on, boys and girls, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> the part of the show that I enjoy the most is when you talk to Mr. Puppet. Uh, well, well, we'll be doing that on Friday. And um, he says, all the little boys and... Girls in my neighborhood <laughs> come come in and watch it on my TV set, and we roll on the floor and hold our sides. <laughs> and my mommy, that looks like, uh, told me to sit down and write you this letter. And uh, that, as I said, is from uh, Arnie uh, Peterson, and he's 34. <laughs> okay, boys and girls, let's... Sonny, Sonny, shh, son, shh, Sonny, be quiet. Sonny, what's your name? Brucey. Uh-huh. And, and how old are you, Brucey? You're four. Would you like to see five, Brucey? <laughs> then don't talk in the studio. There is, uh, there is one little letter I did want to bring up because we've received a number of them like this. Uh, this is from a uh, Freddie Ferno. Freddie Ferno, is that? He's age seven. And uh, he writes and he says, Dear Uncle Freddie, I sent in for the $27 decoding ring. <laughs> three rooms of carpeting. <laughs> and instead, I got back some pictures of older girls in sort of bathing suits. <laughs> that, that was a little slip-up in Uncle Freddy's office, uh, boys and girls. That's a little service Uncle Freddy runs for some of the older boys and girls. <laughs>
you might hang on to them for 10 or 12 years, Freddie, or um, maybe you might uh, want to send them back to Uncle Freddie and I'll send you back the magic decoder. Don't mail them, Freddie. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all the time we have for our mailbag, boys and girls. Let's all get up now and we'll start marching and that'll be the signal for our cartoon. Okay, everybody start marching and wave to your mommies and daddies as you go by the camp. That's the way, boys and girls. Keep waving. That's the way. Let's keep going, son. That's the way. Right out the door, Mark Fire Escape. There you go. <laughs> This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. TomSumnerProgram.com. The Tom Sumner Program dot com. The Tom Sumner Program dot com. Hi, I'm Alexander Zanjic. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Tom Sumner.